Hey, welcome to the Danny Abel podcast, where I help you connect the dots between mindset, metabolism, nutrition, and fitness to help you easily understand complex health and wellness concepts. I'm thrilled you're here to listen to what I have to share. So let's dive right in. Hey guys, welcome to the episode. You're just getting a whole bunch of like, you know, really off the cuff, very much like raw, real podcasts lately. And I'm kind of liking it because honestly, there are times when things come up for me and I feel really passionate and it feels very clear and aligned and I feel very creative and I feel like I can speak to it really well. And if I wait to record what I really want to say, it probably wouldn't come out with the same amount of gumption and excitement. So this is one of those times. I'm on my way to the airport for my first powerlifting meet in Houston. And kind of what got me thinking about this is that Today I posted a story about a client that has been working with me for uh, over a year, about, you know, say, I don't know, maybe like 15 months, uh, 16 months, something like that. We did have like a short little period of time where she was on a pause um, at the beginning of 2022, but then um, she came back when she was able to. So what is really bothersome for me about her story, and it actually brought up a lot of past experiences for me, both professionally when I was working at the bedside as a nurse, and also in my experience thus far, working as a coach, working as a health coach essentially, is the idea of medical professionals giving health and wellness advice. Now, before I get into this, I really want to say that it's not that they aren't well-intentioned. It's not that they don't mean well, because they absolutely do. I mean, from my experience, we are constantly inundated, or I was constantly inundated with public health measures, quality measures, every little thing that we could do to try and improve population health. And that's great. However, what it leaves out is the individuality of medicine or the individuality of health. So I'm going to try to do my best and unpack really kind of the gaps that I see in the current system and maybe help you to see that possibly some advice that you may have gotten in the past was well-intentioned and it might actually be because the advice really wasn't right for you as an individual person and that may have been why it wasn't effective or possibly even why, you know, it failed for you. So going back to this example with Becca, I'm just going to give you this example and then I'll kind of unpack it for you from there. So at the beginning of 2021, after we started working together again, she went in for her annual well woman check, which included some labs and things like that, just like everything that you would normally have checked annually with her primary care provider in an outpatient setting, you know, in a, in a clinic setting. And everything kind of came back fine, like nothing was, you know, significantly, um, you know, high or low. But at the end of the visit, her provider kind of, you know, took her aside, essentially, 
and said, hey, you know, I think it might be a good idea for you to, you know, start watching what you're eating, exercising, because, you know, I am a little bit concerned about your body weight and we want to get that in, you know, to a better place, essentially. All right. So knowing Becca and knowing what she had been working on and if you if you don't know what post I'm referring to so let's see today is September 1st I posted a graphic that talks about how Becca went from a 145 pound deadlift to a 205 pound deadlift in about eight months and as a part of that post I talked about what we started working on together when she came to me as a client initially and where it kind of began was that for a period of time, you know, a fairly long period of time, she had been trying to lose weight and she had tried to stay within a calorie deficit uh, down near around like 1200 calories. And she was using a tracking app and that kind of a thing. And she had been doing that for a while, but it essentially stopped working. And, you know, it was no longer effective. She was training, she was doing weightlifting, and she was doing some cardio as well. But her level of fatigue was very high. Her energy was very low. She was frustrated with her progress in the gym. She was frustrated with, you know, the scale and how her body was looking and feeling and all of those things. And so over time, we reverse dieted. This took about six months. We reverse dieted, doubled her intake from, you know, say 1,200 up to 2,400, got her feeling a lot better, got her digestion improved. Um, And as far as like, you know, probably what you're thinking or what you might be thinking right now is like, oh, well, what happened with her body weight and, you know, what what happened with uh, body composition measurements? And over the course of that six months or so, on the scale anyway, she did gain, uh, and, and I say the word gain, um, very loosely because it's not all body fat that she gained. Uh, she gained about like, I would say like five to eight pounds, but keep in mind that as her food volume came up, her carbs came up. And when your carbs come up, your glycogen stores are going to come up. And when that glucose is broken down, or I should say actually chained together in the form of glycogen, it's stored in the muscles and liver with water. And so the number on the scale reflects that because keep in mind, you can't see, you know, the actual composition of the number on that scale. So we also had food volume higher. So she literally went from eating 1200 calories worth of food weight up to 2400 worth of food weight. And just the food weight itself, you know, if you think of a plate with you know, 1200 calories on it versus a plate with 2400 calories on it, there is going to be a difference. Now there is some nuance there because food volume is also different versus caloric volume, but you can kind of see from a loose perspective how that would change. The calorie volume and food volume episode, I'll have to do, you know, something different with that. I'll have to do a a separate episode on that. But anyway, so, you know, knowing all of that, when the provider told her that she was very mad. I mean, I don't think the provider knew that because I don't think that's how she reacted to him. But like afterwards, she sent me a message and she's like, you will not believe this, you know? And I was also upset, but I also know why. 
And it's because from a public health standpoint, so like medical professionals, including me during my nursing degree and even my master's degree, a lot of what is pounded into our heads is the other side of metabolic change, which is metabolic disease, which is going to be like pre-diabetes and even diabetes. Well, it starts as like insulin resistance, then it becomes pre-diabetes, and then it becomes diabetes. And that is due to high intake and not enough movement. And I would say the majority of the time that is what happens with people, but then at some point, you know, they start to feel bad and they're like, okay, I gotta like scale it back a little bit. I gotta like get my life back in order. And so then they oftentimes start dieting and exercising and that kind of thing. And sometimes it is a matter of consistency. Like they just literally can't be consistent and then their food is all over the place. But what I would say, at least with the women that I have worked with and talked with, a lot, women are very resilient. Like, if they set their mind to a goal, like, they're going to freaking, they're going to do it. Like, it's like 100% or nothing. And so for months and months and months and months and months and possibly even years, they restrict themselves just hoping that one day the weight's going to come off. You know, one day it's going to work. But ultimately, sure, they might lose, you know, say 5, 10, maybe even 20 pounds, depending upon how much they have to lose or want to lose. But then it stops working. And then either, you know, usually they get very frustrated and they kind of just live their life at that, like just that weight plateau thinking, well, my metabolism is quote unquote broken. Um, I'm stuck. Like this is just how it is. I don't know how else to fix it, blah, blah, blah. And so if you bring these problems up to your provider, oftentimes the advice that you're given is, well, you just need to eat less. Like, if you're overweight, you just need to eat less. And that does make logical sense. I get it. But, unfortunately, the system is not designed to teach medical professionals. And I'll even go as far as saying, in my experience working with physicians, they have a knowledge gap there. As a registered nurse, I had a knowledge gap there. And I had to invest in additional education in the functional health space, in the integrative health space, you know, in the coaching space, which is really more like preventive care. It's preventive care ultimately is what it is. And I will even go as far as saying and making kind of like a big bold statement and saying that what what I'm doing now and those of us who are helping people to truly understand how your body works and how it gets into this state, how your metabolism works, how your hormones work and how they relate to, you know, what you see on the scale and what you see in the mirror, that's public health. That's public health. It's education that's valuable for them to truly help them to understand how to not only work towards the way that you want your body to look, but also to do it in a way that allows you to feel good on the inside. Um, One of my mentors always talks about like internal health. Your internal health should match your external health. Like if you look like shit on the inside and you feel like shit on the outside, that's a problem. You know, like you ideally you want to be working towards feeling really good on the inside and looking really good on the outside too. And yes, it does take time. It takes consistency. It takes years. And a lot of people, a lot of people are just like in it because 
they want to see the scale drop they want that rapid change and unfortunately what ends up happening is that they get stuck they get stuck somewhere along the way when their metabolism slows and so what this is is it's it's called metabolic adaptation the actual term in the literature is called adaptive thermogenesis and what it is is it's just your brain's way of reducing function so that it can continue to live. Like I know that seems a little bit drastic, but it is kind of what happens. So when not enough food is coming in for a period of time, it it has to decide, you know, what do I slow? What do I kind of take away so that I can continue to, you know, get out of bed in the morning, get to work, um, take care of my kids, whatever it is, right? So things go down the drain. And usually one of the first things to go is digestion because it's kind of easy for the body to pull calories away from. But if you think about it, like if you didn't have your gut, your food would be obsolete because you wouldn't be able to, like you can't just take like a steak and slap it on your arm and use it for energy. You know, your body has to go through the process of digestion, breaking it down with stomach acids, with digestive enzymes, and breaking it down into its most simple form in order for those particles, in order for those substrates to make their way into your cells to be used in the mitochondria for energy for whatever that is. It could be for digestive function, it could be for brain function, it could be for lifting a weight, it could be thinking really hard at work and being creative. You know, all of those things require energy, they require calories. So really what I want to say with this episode is that unfortunately what ends up happening is that people get this advice from medical professionals who they trust And then when things don't go the way that they think that they're going to go, it ends, it goes south. And then you're just left in this like sinkhole because you're like, well, Jesus, I'm not even, I'm not eating enough food right now. Like I'm hungry or I don't, I feel like crap. So I got to eat less. Like, okay, well, okay. I'll do that for a little while. But eventually you get to the point and you're like, oh my God, I feel so terrible. Like there's got to be a better way. And what I'm here to tell you is that there is a better way. A lot of times it comes down to your mindset. It comes down to realizing that, you know, sure, you have a body composition goal or you have a performance goal or whatever it is. And it's not that that goal isn't valid. It's just that you have the sequencing of the goal out of place. So in order for you to actually be successful long term, you might have to work on other things first, which in my case is a lot of times when I'm working with women, it's a matter of helping them to restore their body function, which is truly just helping them to increase their metabolism. You can literally increase your metabolism at any age. So like if you're thinking, if you're listening to this and you're like, you know, I'm over 40, it's just how it is. It is true that it does slow slightly, just like your body becomes less resilient as you age. But absolutely anyone can improve their metabolism. It's a matter of knowing um, what you need to adjust and how to adjust it and the speed to adjust and the different things that are a part of metabolism. That's why it's so freaking confusing for people. I mean, 
it, it took me years. I had to invest thousands of dollars in order to take the knowledge that I had as a master's prepared medical professional to be able to really truly understand what is happening from a metabolic function with people and you know why are they in the state that they are in because in the beginning like I'll even tell you like there were some of my first clients when I started that like you know sure looking at their body composition photos and things like that I'm like oh they just need to eat less and move more but once I started doing that with them like it only worked for a little while and they would lose like five pounds but then they would get stuck and I'm like okay like if something is missing here I'm missing something here and so then I had to find and invest in mentors to help me understand because my you know formal medical professional knowledge there's gaps there there are 100% gaps there um so I just wanted to tell you that if you've ever received that advice it's not that it's well it's not that it's poor advice I mean it is poor advice but it's not because they want to hurt you it's not because they want to see you fail it's honestly just because that's not what they were taught so hopefully this episode was helpful for you um I would love to know if you had any takeaways or anything else that were like ahas send me a dm shoot me an email info at soul-soar.com and otherwise I hope this episode helps you to be able to get a little farther ahead Well, that wraps up another episode of the Danny Abel podcast. If you're enjoying the show and you haven't already, consider subscribing and leaving me a five-star review. If you love the episode, screenshot it, share it to your story, and tag me. And lastly, if you have any questions, send me a DM and I'll see if I can help. Thanks again for listening. Take care.